Welcome to the Barrel Horse Life Podcast, where we're going to talk all things horses, barrel racing, and life. This podcast features conversations with world champions, hustlers, and those who make the horse industry a better place. I am your host, Amy Davenport, and I'm super pumped that you came along for the ride. After the episode, please take a second to share with a friend and on social media. It really helps others find our show. All right, well, let's get started. Doing everything possible to keep my horses sound and moving naturally without pain has been my key to success. And let me tell you how it's done. Draw It Out is an all-natural topical liniment that removes inflammation, heat, and soreness to keep our horses competing at the top of their game. It's completely safe, 100% natural, and really easy to use. Their deep penetrating formula is completely sensation-free, so it goes on gently with no heating, no cooling, and no tingling effects. You guys, that means no burns and no blisters on our best friends. Draw It Out comes in a variety of ways. It comes in a concentrate that you mix with water, a topical gel, a topical CBD gel, which is my favorite. They also have products for dogs and humans. The Rejuve Gel is the real deal. It's great for the professional athlete or the professional grandparent. So head on over to LonePrairiePHS.com. That's LonePrairiePHS.com. And be sure to enter code AMY10 in the notes for your sweet discount. Lots of people have asked me, why have you started your own podcast? And at first, I wasn't quite sure how to answer them until one day it hit me. I was at a barrel race, nervously awaiting my turn in the holding pen during a drag. My palms were super sweaty. I had no saliva left in my mouth. And I was trying to take slow, deep breaths. And along came a really kind man who parked next to me. And he said, honey, it's just another barrel race. The same pattern. We've all done it a hundred times. You're going to do great. The drag was over. My name was called. We were up next. I tried to turn my horse. My horse was super anxious, and he just couldn't find his way straight to the alley. He kept backing up. So there we were, again, side by side. He came up right next to me and said, easy does it. And as we started to prance closer to the gates, he said, now go. So off we went with a smile on our face. And at that exact moment was when I knew I had to have him on the show. See, my reason for having this podcast is simple. I want to help make the horse industry a better place. One guest, one episode, one day at a time. So my guest on today's show is a super well-known name here in the Midwest. Almost every race you go to, there's his name right there on the draw sheet, which I love to see. Jimmy Bryant is someone you want to be around. He is always giving high fives. He loves to play practical jokes. He's pretty honorary. He's always telling somebody, you got this, with a smile on his face that everybody knows. He has more heart than anybody I know. During our call, I actually got kind of choked up. During our conversation to his trip about the American, he says, I just want to help other people and try to make their dreams come true. And he truly does. This guy has the biggest heart and it's full of gold. So without further ado, here's my new friend, Jimmy Bryant from Columbus, Indiana. 
Okay, so let's rewind just a little bit. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? So how old were you when you started barrel racing? I started about two years old. My dad uh, always barrel raced and my mom and I grew up and uh, started and I broke my arm when I was two and a half and it kind of matured into what I'm doing today. Uh, always loved the sport. Never did like pleasure. It was too slow for me. Yeah, you like the faster events. Yes, I like uh, against the clock. It's just the clock forcing you. And, mm -hmm. uh, the fastest person wins. So have you just barrel raced, or are there other events that you've competed in? Yes, I barrel raced. I did a little flag racing, did a little pole bending. Uh, kind of anything that goes fast, I uh, kind of enjoy a lot. Yeah. The race cars or nothing like that. Horses, <laughs> my thing. Well, that's an even more expensive hobby if you get into race cars. I think horses are more expensive enough. <laughs> yeah. At least you have to buy tires, maybe not horseshoes. <laughs> right. That's wonderful. Now, um, and so those people that don't know you, you are six foot one. Is that right? Yes. Six foot yeah. one. So have you always been mounted on bigger horses, shorter horses? Do you have a preference on heights on horses since you are so tall? No, I really don't have a preference on the height. Uh, when I try a horse out, somebody asks me to ride, I can usually fill them pretty quick what that horse is going to be able to do. I mean, I rode, I raced race horses for a little while. I had owned some and thoroughbreds and quarter horses. You just get that feel after you ride them. What? horse can do and if they got the one two if the one two ain't there uh, I try to get it in them pretty quick if not I just kind of send them back and say that's kind of about all I can do sure. 90% of the people send them to me everybody wants a 1D horse uh and I try my hardest for everybody. Some's got it, some don't. And uh, usually can feel it pretty quick, what a horse can do and what they can't do, you know. So have you always, I know you take a lot of outside horses and older horses, younger horses. Do you have a preference on, have you ever dabbled into the fraturity world? Yes, I've run a couple of uh I've had a fraternity horse for about every year except this year. I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but never really, i done really good with a uh, derby horse. Uh, Troy broke his leg back about four years ago, I think. He called me up out of the blue and said, hey, take his horse down to uh, Texas extreme barrel race and uh oh yeah sr industry titan and i run him for troy and and uh tom wiley and nick wiley and uh we won a lot of money and troy i appreciate troy giving me the opportunity to uh get to ride a horse like that he's uh he's a very nice horse 
Troy done an exception well with him, and uh, it's an honor to get to run a horse like that. Yeah, that horse had a really good mind and like Flintstone fast feet. I remember getting to, watching some older videos of you run him, and man, that horse was fast. <laughs> yes, yes. Troy is uh, superior in training his horses on getting yes. them Anybody can get on after him and ride after him. Which just speaks volumes to him because that's how you know when a trainer's really good, when just anybody can get on and be able to ride off into the sunset pretty much. That's that's wonderful. Yes, yeah, so I, I was, you know, at first when he called me, I said, well, I don't know. Back in my mind, I, I don't know if I can ride behind him, you know, because you do have that. That doubt's there. That doubt there. Mm -hmm. And I said, I got to try, you know, he was hurt and uh, couldn't do it and so I did it I'm glad I did because and I always want to get the opportunity to ride with Troy and he's in the lower part of Texas or northeast Ohio and mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of Indiana and I work a lot and just don't have the opportunity to but I'm going to make it a point to ride, ride with him this summer and uh, learn learn more you know speaking of opportunities you had uh, i was doing a little bit of research earlier this morning about you and um you had an awesome opportunity back and i think it was 2018 when you went to the american and i tell you what the more i read about it and i remember when it happened you had wore the wore the tie-dye and you guys had the gofundme paid for the young girl that had leukemia um i want you to tell the story i want to hear i want to hear it from your perspective well there was uh I'm up at CBRC, uh, Eden House told me, he said, uh, you make it to the American, will you, wear tie-dyes? And I said, well, yeah, I will. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> the six-foot-one tall guy comes flying in and tie-dye, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it happened. I said, well, I got to honor what she asked me. I could not say no. So, as we was leading up to it, I said, well... I'm not going to just show up in tie-dyes. i got to have a reason to go. So i got we got to hold a Heather Palmer, Rhonda, and everybody. got a hold of uh, Make-A-Wish, and we've done this Make-A-Wish deal and uh, really wanted to do it for them, for the kids. And it went, it exploded. I mean, it really helped that little boy out he got to come down and meet everybody and I got to meet some really really great people too the, the opportunity to meet them it just kind of took off from there and uh, everything went really really good and uh, I made it on to the AT&T and that was uh, an experience of a lifetime wow wasn't that cool yes I should have kind of stepped back a little bit and read the ground better in the evening when I run and I you know I got nervous a little bit but mm -hmm. that's part of part of barrel racing yeah sometimes when you're up in that perf it's the lights get you the sound gets you the your adrenaline's pumping and and it's it it I I couldn't even imagine I know me me being a couch jockey we were all rooting for you a hundred percent and it was 
I couldn't imagine being behind the scenes. That was such, such a cool ordeal. So how long, how long were you down there for? Is it a good solid week that you're down there? Yes, it was, uh, I think we run like on a Monday, Mm -hmm. the slack build, and uh, we ran again on Wednesday or Thursday, then it went straight into the AT&T, and yeah, a solid week, and two, when you're doing good everybody texts you and i answer every one of them texts so mm-hmm. everybody was texting me and i didn't want to just not text them back so i text everybody thanks you know yes so i kind of that kind of got me nervous but i vowed to myself from that day on I will never get nervous again in a barrel race, and I have not. Really? Yes, I uh, I let my nerves just get to me then a mm-hmm. little bit, and uh, it, it won't. Not barrel racing, big shows. I just just ignore it. It's another barrel race. Yep. So maybe you can spill some of your secrets. So how do you not get nervous at a barrel race? Well, I. Like I said, I vowed to myself, just don't do it. Think, think about your horse, what you got to do, and uh, prepare yourself. If you if you walk in the arena and look at the whole uh, pattern and all that, you will, you will not get nervous. Uh, I see so many people back into makeup arena, makeup arena just get plumb tore up and mm-hmm. uh, you know if I see somebody like that I'll go over and crack a wide joke to them get their mind off of it because uh, they need to have a good run like everybody else you know mm-hmm. and, uh, but I just I don't know I just told myself I'm not going to get nervous no more and I, I, I haven't that's wonderful that's so inspirational Jimmy I love that that's great the horse you had when you rode in the American, that was Cowboy. Was that right? Yeah, a little bit of Cowboy. He's, uh, Heather Palmer owns, owns him from Ohio. He's a exceptional horse. He's probably 14-3. But when I first stepped on him, I said, wow, this horse has got a big, big heart. He just wanted to win and I wanted to win, and we just made a one heck of a team, and she has won a lot with him before I got him, and I always felt bad for that, because she done so good with him, then I stepped on him, then everybody kind of like, oh, you know, Jimmy and Cowboy, Jimmy and Cowboy, well, she won a lot, and I always kind of regretted that. For her, because you know, it she should have got a lot of notarized with him too. Yeah, know? she she deserved just as much. Yeah, absolutely, she deserved more because she's the one that uh, started him. Well, Rick Cox actually started him, then Heather bought him, then finished him. Mm-hmm. She's the one that finished him. Mm-hmm. So she needs to get more notoriety than. I ever did, you know. It's easy to step on a great horse and go win, but keep 
jumping that horse there is uh, the whole idea. And I, I, I always gave her and Cowboy and her family a lot of recognition because if it wasn't for them, I could never won a bunch of barrel races with that horse. Yeah. How, how long did you have Cowboy? I probably had him a year and a half, two years, then mm-hmm. she wanted to ride him again. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of pushed the issue, like, hey, you need to ride him and win, too. Yeah. And uh, so she took him back and rode him and done really good, you know. Uh, I got him back a little again, then sent him back. We kind of trade back and forth. Hopefully I get him back again. I think uh, about around September I'll get him back this year for Congress and the bigger shows try getting qualified again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be 18 this year. He just in his prime. Some of those horses, the older they get, the better they are. Yes, I, I agree. You can go you can take over the horse and run them in there and slam them, slam them in there, and they're going to do the same run every time. Uh, that's that's what I like, you know. They're they're going to try very very hard. A young horse is, uh, you know, I'm not doubting that they're they're good horses too. But as long as that older horse ain't hurting or nothing like that, they they do their job every trip. Fill us in a little bit about Wayne. I know Wayne's kind of a local legend around here in the Midwest, so tell us a little bit about Wayne. Wayne is a character. <laughs> he is, uh, he a penny's ears back at you. He just, he's a heck of a horse around. You get on him, ride him. He's a pleasure to ride. Bill and Golly, they're, uh, they're just like Heather Palmer. They're the, they're the probably the best owners that I have ever rode for in my life. Heather and Palmer and Bill and Golly and Tom Wiley and all of them. They're just great people. That's awesome. Uh, they will do anything for you. They mm-hmm. tr- try to do anything. Whatever you need, uh, just a phone call away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wayne, everybody likes him. They, uh, he's a good old horse. He won the barrel race Saturday, and I think he's twenty or twenty-one right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's uh, he gives it all, and I give it it all too when I ride him. He's just coming back from uh, being off. I think around six, seven months. Mm-hmm. He, off and uh, we're going to try to get him qualified again and uh, go on try to make it to the big show one more time. Going on to the American. When is the when's your next American qualifier? Well, I think it's at my daughter's show at uh, July the eighth, July ninth and tenth. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to have one then. I know in the fall she is going to have an American qualifier down there. So yeah. I'm going to try there. Gordyville, I really like the running mare. And uh, that's just Missouri. He really likes that arena. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really nice pin. The uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an American qualifier at Gordyville. It's Halloween weekend there at the Barrel Bash, right? Yes. Yeah, that's always a really fun show. They have the glow in the dark race, the American qualifier. That's that's a that's a fun fun race weekend to go to. That yes, and and one you know last year uh, they had one up at uh, WB Swanton, Ohio. I really was wanting to go up there, but I heard some other people was going to enter it up there, and so. I didn't go. I mean, I had Cowboy, I had Wayne, I had uh, Dark. He was a really good horse. And uh, I just wasn't going to go up there because there was some kids up there and some other people that wanted to live their dream too. So I just stayed away from there and I went someplace else. I, just, I don't want to crush nobody else. But everybody needs to go down there once. Have yeah. the opportunity to go to Fort Worth, and uh, mm-hmm. so I just stayed home that weekend. You're just a hell of a guy, Jimmy. I think we need yeah. more Jimmy Bryants in this world. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. We do. We do. I just try to help everybody I can and do do what I can for everybody. That's what life's about. Life's about being here for each other and doing what's right. Absolutely. Yep. That's awesome. Well, has there ever ever been one or two standout horses that have come across your path in life, like a horse that's just stuck with you, or a horse that's just taught you a lot, that's helped your training? Um, any any that come to mind? Uh, Cowboy and Wayne, them two. Mm-hmm. Them, them two. Uh, Cowboy really could put me on the, the map. You know, he's just a special horse. You can do anything with him. You can be mad at the world and go out there and look at him and put his head right on your shoulder and like, it's okay. <laughs> He's a good horse. You could just feel, you just, you know, horses feel your energy and, oh, yeah. and, and vice versa. If we really stop and listen, horses can talk to us. Right, right. If you, if a person just stop, slow down a little bit, a horse, a horse will they tell you what you want to know, you know, just let them. Fill me in a little bit about these clinics that your daughter's got you doing recently. This is pretty cool. Yeah, that's, uh, got me in this. It's kind of. Your daughter, uh, she gets you into, into all kinds of situations. God bless her. <laughs> yeah, she means well. Uh, <laughs> she started out as like a joke. I said, ain't nobody going to want what I do, and. It's kind of blew up, really, and uh, a lot of the people, I think the one girl over in uh, this has went someplace, she texted Amber and texted me, too, said she set a arena record and really helped her on the first barrel. Nice. And, uh, this weekend, last weekend, I was at Four Rocks, and that girl, I helped, she won uh, the barrel race Friday night. He done really good, and there was another little boy. He was eight years old. He he amazes me. Uh, he didn't want to get on a on a faster horse that his dad bought for him. And I said, "Will you do it for me?" I said, "I will walk this pattern with you. Whatever we got to do to get you on this horse." 
So we walked this pattern, I don't know how many times with him. If he wanted me to stay out there all night, I would have. But we walked and walked and walked. And finally, he was roping that horse. Saturday ran it. Not really, really fast, a slow run. When he comes back in Sunday, I said, he was always hitting that second barrel, and I said, just go past it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to remember. And he comes back in Sunday and gets second in the youth barrels out of, I think, 38. And uh, I think he ran a 14-6 or something like that. I about started crying. Oh. It was like, wow, heck of a job for an eight-year-old boy to go where he wouldn't even ride that horse Thursday to running that horse wide open. I just, it was, but he trusted me. I yeah. said, I'll be right here. I am not leaving your side. I will, I will not let nothing happen to you, man. He trusted me, and, and it was a good deal. It, it was great. Yeah. Isn't that such a cool feeling, especially when, not only when a human trusts you, but when the horse trusts you as well? Right. Yeah. That's, you know, just watching him two go, it was just, it was, a, it was amazing. And he's riding a little paint horse, too. Mm-hmm. And he, I think the fastest time in the pose was like a 23 well, he goes in there and runs a 21-4. And I come out, and I was like, hey, you're getting too close on beating me. you got to quit this. <laughs> I bet and, I bet there wasn't a person who wasn't smiling, standing at that fence watching. Yeah, he was uh, He was smiling here to here. And that, that's why, I, you know, say stuff like that, just, just to get people to smile and have fun. That's right. That's awesome. Do you have any certain drills or anything that you like to go to during the week to help tune up your horses? I do a lot of walking and trotting. If they can't do it at a walk or trot, I I don't uh, I don't like to work the pattern every day. When I, right before I get done, I like to walk or trot them around the barrels, just get them listening on the rain. Uh, lot of counter arcing and uh, stopping and uh, just the basics on them that's when I when I use the inside rain I like I like them to come to me right then no no hesitation that's mainly all I do really is I look a lot of circles around the barrel to in home and one barrel at a time I don't ever like to do the pattern a lot Mm-hmm. Especially on a nervous horse, I just go away. That's how you keep their mind mind sound. Right. I usually play my Pandora music on my phone, and I'll go up to a barrel. If one gets a little nervous around the barrel, Joe Schultz has always taught me, you got to, them horses got to have patience around the barrel. And I'll go up there and sit. And I'll play one or two songs, listen to it, while we're standing right beside the barrel. Mm-hmm. And until they relax, I will not go to another barrel. 
That's the way I've always done it for probably six, seven years. It really helped. That way they don't get around, uh, get in a hurry around the barrel until you ask them. Through all these years, has there ever been anybody that you've looked up to? Uh, my dad, he's uh, always been in the uh, back of my mind. He never get, never did get to see me, what I've done over the years. I wish he could have. Mm-hmm. But he's up there looking down, so that's the main thing. They have a pretty good view up there. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of people, Ross Carnahan, if they see me doing something wrong, they ain't scared to call me and tell me, hey, you need to quit doing this, <laughs> you know, or relax a little bit. There's so many people behind the person actually riding a horse that you can never, uh, I, uh, there's so many people behind me that is, uh, that's helped me over the years that I wouldn't have time in two days to name them all. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate them. Ross, Ross Carnahan's told me a lot on pose. He's helped me, him and Glenn Long. They're just a lot of people. Yep, that's great. We'll get into a couple fun questions. I won't keep you too much longer here. Um, so if you could ride any barrel racing horse, and I mean any, past, present, maybe even future, what barrel racing horse would it be? I would love to set my leg across the slick by design. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he is a bad apple. He is a... I seen him down there in Waco, Texas, Glen Rose Arena, two years ago at the qualifier. I lost a really good horse, uh, Rich Little Pyro, down there. He uh, he got cellulitis while I was down there. He ran in the qualifier, and I think Ryan Bedone run him that day in the qualifier too. And I got second on my horse. That was the last bell race he ever run. But Slick, he he's a good horse. He, he's a really nice. He tries so hard. It's just hard to get them horses to try like them good ones. You yeah. know, it, they're, they're phenomenal horses. Yeah, and sometimes either they have it or they don't. You can't. You can't put that kind of try in a horse. They have to want to do it with that kind of try. Right. Yes. They got to already have it. Yeah. It's got to be in there somewhere. I mean, you can get a little bit out of them, but uh, them really, really good ones, they they got it. They was born with it. Yeah, ex- exactly. And some, sometimes, you know, even if they have a little bit of try, sometimes you can set them off and you can do some roping or you can do some cutting or, you know, trail riding, whatever, and you can kind of do something else for a while. Bring them back and they'll say, oh, well, okay, I think I like this. But then there's other times that either they have it or they don't. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yep. Slick would be a really cool horse. I know there's a lot. He's got a lot of offspring that are now becoming the Futurity and Derby age and man, you, you, there's there's going to be some good horses coming out the next few years. Yes, there is. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, the, the, I don't really want to run against them. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. And with, with the barrel racing market, the horse market like it is, it is just on fire. Like it, like any other market now after COVID and 2020, after all that's over now, everything is just on fire. You know, if you have a, a, a slick by flame horse and and it's a, a blue roan, you can ask 40000 as a yearling and you're going to get it because if it's got good color, uh, you know, if it's got good bloodlines, you're going to get something for it, no problem. I had a blazing Jetalina a couple of years ago and I sold it, but I went down to Busby's Ranch while I was down there and bought a, another one out of French Lady Perks. And I'm telling you, I see why people by Blazing Jezzelina. They're, they're phenomenal coats. I agree. Well, Jimmy, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. You have inspired others with your passion for our sport. You have such a humble leadership. I mean, your, com- your tender compassion for others is so noticeable that we all notice it. I know I've personally witnessed your words of encouragement and high fives to people of all ages and not just the holding pins, but also at the pay windows. I appreciate your time so much. Where are you headed off to next? Well, I got another clinic in Michigan at the end of this month. And uh, I think there's like 24, 25 up there. And uh, try to help them, get them doing better. And uh, then uh, my daughter's show July 8th. And that's, that's kind of it till I see what the American hopes for us and hopefully you guys see us down there this year and I you know when I go down there this one thing I I have always said and I always believe in and always will I'm not just writing for uh, me Bill and Heather and them I'm writing for everybody back here trying to do my best for them that to go to and enjoy it what I have uh, witnessed down there but there's so many that's encouraged me you know doing a great job here it, it, I mean it's just unreal and mm-hmm. uh, I just ride for them back here you yeah. know that's that's what I want to do it for I don't do it I don't do it for the uh, the money. I do it for the the money for the owners. But I got a job to make money. I just I just want to help other people and try to make their dreams come true. You know, because if I won a million dollars, I'm pretty sure I would most of it away. <laughs> really need it. You yeah. know, I just. You gotta just help other people enjoy life. Well, I don't think we could end on a better note than that, Jimmy. Well, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> Have a good evening. All right. Thanks so much, Jimmy. I really appreciate it. The next time you're at a barrel race and you see Jimmy Bryant, be sure to stop him and say hello. He doesn't have social media to keep up with, so you're going to have to say hi the old-fashioned way, the cowboy way, with a handshake and a tip of your resist-all. He's six foot one, 
typically the tallest guy with a mustache at the barrel race. You can't miss him. Let's all remember to be a little bit more like Jimmy. Help others. Always do what's right. And now we know it's totally okay to crack jokes in the holding pen. I mean, we all know how tense that can be. We're all on Instagram and Facebook. So check us out at the Barrel Horse Life podcast. I mean, do you follow us? Because you should be. Be on the lookout soon. We're going to have some awesome giveaways. Feel free to screenshot us wherever you listen to us and send it to us on our social media pages to be featured because sharing is caring. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you down the road. Yoo-hoo, horsies, it's time for snack.